My name is Brian, and today is Monday, July 17th, 2023, and this is another episode of Lots to Talk About. It's an episode this evening. It's another pre-recorded one. Uh, if you're tuning in on Monday night for a live stream, you probably uh, missed the fact that we are out on the road for the month of July, and I pre-recorded up a bunch so that we could spend some more time on our trip together. Uh, knock this out towards the end of June, so if you hear anything that's kind of date-sensitive, Please uh, be aware that it's been a couple weeks. Uh, but with that, my guest today has been a vo voice actor since 2007, working with major brands worldwide. She's also put out an album as a singer, is a podcast host and a guest, here to talk about the ins and outs of voice acting and some practical advice on recording audio. I would like to welcome to Lots to Talk About, Jody Krangle. How are you doing, Jody? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you? <laughs> good, good. I asked you to push this back a little bit. I had an appointment. I'm glad um, I did because that one did run a little bit long and I okay. wanted to definitely explore this topic with you. So I appreciate you uh, delaying the appointment and uh, welcome to the show. If there isn't anything uh, I didn't, if there isn't anything I, if there's something I didn't hit, there we go. There we go. <laughs> spit it out. If there's something I didn't hit in the intro, uh, be sure to include it. But could you introduce yourself? And, uh, and let my audience know who you are. Uh, sure. Uh, you said my name. My name is right on the screen, so they don't need that again. <laughs> but uh, I am a voice actor. I've been doing that for about 15 years. Actually, this is my 16th year. I've been doing it full time for a while. And uh, I work with a whole bunch of different clients all over the world. Most of what I do is corporate narration and commercial. So I don't really work in the animation, video game, audiobook kind of world. Uh, I tend to go more for the marketing and advertising and branding, which is why I started a podcast called Audio Branding, which talks about the power of sound and how it influences our buying decisions and our daily lives. So I have a lot of fun with that podcast and I interview a lot of really interesting people and I've been doing it since November 2019. So oh, nice. yeah, really enjoying it. And I'm coming up on the 200th episode, which is... <laughs> Quite yeah. something to realize. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't claim to be the best, uh, but I do put out a boatload of content. Uh, I got into it and I started doing it before work. Uh, when I had a, a full time nine to five, I would pound out episodes and just trying to get better at speaking. And it just kind of clicked. And I, I, I put myself in a, a, a hole with my audio setup uh basically i'm in a camper uh, at this point in my life my wife and i are traveling in a camper exploring mm. different parts of the country so a camper like is, 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 is <laughs> yeah, it is it's fantastic uh yeah. but man a challenge for audio uh yeah. i have like the all the background noise of everything the acoustics are horrible i got three saint bernards with me um it's 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 a blast oh wow <laughs> but, how do you fit them in the camper <laughs> well you would you would think you would think it was a challenge and we did too so we bought a 35 foot travel trailer like limited oh, where we could okay. go because we got the big trailer um i look around right now they're all within like three feet of me so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how much space they just they just lay on top so well, but, when they're being um, quiet. I gotta commend them. <laughs> well, they're sleeping. They're sleeping, and and we got lucky today. So we have the air on. We have all the windows drawn and everything, so they can't see outside. But uh, like, I'll do my morning show, and the windows will all be open, and a squirrel will run by, oh, and all no. of a sudden, it's a it's a Saint Bernard running behind me on the screen, barking as he goes. So, oh no, okay. I, I've just come to accept that that. Um, it's it's flawed and it's my life and it is what it is. Uh, but today, I will say like... one thing though before you finish that, this I'm in a wide open room right now. This is a uh, this is a condenser USB mic. It's called a HyperX, and it sounds okay. pretty good. And I have no sound treatment around me, like nothing. Oh. So that's perfect. Yeah. So if you're it's, worried about does... sound treatment, 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think StreamYard helps me out too. I'm pretty sure they have, um, they have audio filtering in the background. So that helps a lot because I've been, I've had some times where we've been just, we've had to have fans on and things going on. And, and I tell people, I'm so sorry about the background noise. And they're like, yeah, you can't really hear it through here either. The The cool thing about this mic, first of all, I could change its color. <laughs> oh, no way, really? Yeah. So on a PC, you can change the color to anything you want. So I just changed it to my branded color. It just makes sense. But nice. when I'm on video, I prefer to be outside on my, my work desk as opposed to in my booth, which is behind mm -hmm. me. So it just makes sense to have another alternate setup. And strangely, this works pretty well. So I don't know, maybe it's something you could look into. It's a cheap Absolutely. mic. It's like a hundred some odd, odd bucks. It's not a lot of money. Yeah, I definitely. So I went with, so when I got started, it was, how do I do this cheap? Like my wife's looking at me like, you're going to do a podcast. Yeah, right. Uh, you're going to do it for like two days and then you're going to stop. Um, <laughs> How long I'm has like, it been okay. now? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's been nine months and 400 some episodes. So there you go. Uh, Congratulations. But I did upgrade. I did. I, well, thank you. I, I started with the toner like $30 off of Amazon. And then when I upgraded to the Samson uh, G track, I was like, oh, wow, I could actually hear the difference. And I, I have never been like the audio snob guy. Like I was the guy that bought the cheapest headphones, listened to my music extra loud. It's all distorted. Yeah. Um, and I can't hear worth a shit because of all the industry. And so like yeah. audio is never my thing. So mm -hmm. having you on uh, to talk about audio is probably a good idea for me, even though I can, I can never really hear it the best. But <laughs> voice actor for 15 years was that your lifelong dream uh did you stumble into it how did how does one uh, decide they want to be a voice actor i kind of did stumble into it uh, i think a lot of people do um first of all a lot of people from the industry come from radio or they come from film or tv or they come from all manner of other industries and it just fell in their lap. For me, I went to uh, lend my assistance to reading magazines onto reel-to-reel -reel tape at the time. This was 95, 96 for the CNIB, which was the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. Okay. So, so I, I just thought that would be cool. I thought it would be fun and something to do. And I did it for about a year and I really liked it. And I liked the tech as much as I liked the reading. <laughs> and so I, that it kind of, it percolated in the back of my head. I didn't actually do anything with it until about 2007 because I was doing SEO and internet marketing. That was, I'm kind of left and right brained. It's, it's a weird, <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird mix, but I really like computers. So I've been on the internet since 95 and I had a computer in 86. So, I mean, like I, you know, I've been doing this a long time and I love computers. I love everything that they do. So learning that really took me away from the nine to five so that I could work for myself. And I was doing that uh, up until 2007. And when 2007 came along, Google became it. There was nothing right. left. No, none, none of the search engines were left other than Google. Yahoo was a distant memory. Who knew yeah. what it was doing? Um, I've heard this story before. Um, is this, does this where AdWords like cuts your everything in a quarter and changes how everybody does everything? Uh, <laughs> no, not necessarily AdWords. Um, I mean, Google just became it. You, you had to buy uh, advertising on, on AdWords if you really wanted to get to the top of the search engines. But not having a sponsorship also still meant something in Google because you could, there was still the top, you know, five or so that would actually appear on the first page. Nowadays, not so much. <laughs> but, uh, but back then, yeah, it, it was still possible. It was just boring. <laughs> I was just bored out of my skull. So I thought, you know, if I want to do something else, I'm already self-employed. The only thing I'd need to do is build myself a website, which I could do in a heartbeat <laughs> and just switch my focus. 
So I decided, okay, so I'm doing SEO and internet marketing yesterday. Today I'm doing voiceover. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> That's perfect. I mean, and, it's, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it, so it has, it, was it something that, that, you know, you said it percolated, was it there? Was it something that kind of, or was it just one day I got to find something else? Like, you know what? It was kind of there in the background for a little bit. I didn't actually do voiceover per se, but I was collaborating on music with other performers. And I've always been a musician. I've always been a singer since I could talk. So using my voice was not, uh, you know, it wasn't an out of the ordinary kind of thing for me to be thinking about. Right. <laughs> And when I was collaborating with uh, a particular person in a group that I was in for just a really short amount of time, um, we were doing some narrations on, you know, with background music. It was almost like a fantasy kind of like monologue kind of deal. And I was just having fun with it. It was just, I mean, I think I was like... 22 like 18 you know to 22 like around there right so <laughs> i was just having fun with it and i it had always sort of been there but you know when i decided that i was bored with seo then i sort of had to think about okay so now how does this become something that i'm really going to devote all my attention to and and luckily I had that focus to give because I was already self-employed. So it was just kind of moving over to something new. I didn't have to quit anywhere. <laughs> that was, yeah, that, that was that, good. That, that, that makes it tough when, uh, when you gotta say, I'm going to go for this or you're, you're double stacking. Like that's, yeah. that's what a lot of people end up having to do is, is do it along with something else. And that turns into those monstrously long days and, yeah, it can be really hard. But at the same time, I will say that I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> and I had a lot to learn. So it really took me about two and a half years of full time before I was actually making what I had been making as an SEO person. And like, that's, that's not even that's not six figures. We're talking about like half that maybe. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, that it takes a while and that was full-time devotion. So people who were thinking of this as a side hustle and it's worse now than it ever was when I started because I, AI I has got us like, you know, synthetic voices out there all over the place. So if you're offering really cheap really cheap pricing for something and you don't have the training so that you're not actually acting because this is actually acting right you know whether it's for commercials or a corporate narration or animation or video games it's all acting you need to believe what you're saying okay. and you need to sound like you believe what you're saying <laughs> Right. So, and you don't yeah. think of that when you're when you're reading it or when Not you're actually all. even when you're listening to stuff like and then that's something I want to kind of go down the road, like all the different avenues there are. But um, it just in general audio, we hear voices and, mm -hmm. and it's amazing when you start thinking about how many times you hear the human voice that isn't like talking to you directly. Yeah. But you don't think about the fact that it's it, it's believable. It is like someone's talking to you about what they're promoting or they're talking about. Otherwise, they can just use an AI. What do they need you for? Right, right. <laughs> um, I, I saw the draw. Well, I, sh I shouldn't say the draw. I looked, I pondered the idea at some points. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been the serial entrepreneur, side hustler, um, doing stuff on the side to grab a, a couple bucks here or there. Nothing never anything that needed to be full-time, but with the possibility mm -hmm. of becoming full-time maybe was my MO. Sure. Um, I pondered the fact for about, you know, a day and a half. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. I, I looked at it. I read into some stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I looked at some uh, readings and things like that. And I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is me. I, I really don't. Um, I like to speak what I speak. Uh, but necessarily talking someone else's stuff. I just, I didn't think that was something for me. And now that you say having to believe it, mm -hmm. I can see where that disconnect was because I would read it and I would hear it in my head and I would listen back to it 
And I was like, no. <laughs> well, there's a couple of mistakes that people make when they're first thinking about getting into voiceovers. And the first one is that they think it's just reading because it's not. It is a lot more than that. And the second thing is that they think it's all about having a pretty voice, and it is definitely not. <laughs> I mean, in some instances that can help, but in others it can actually work against you because in commercials, for instance, depending on what coast you're on, uh, the West Coast is a lot more informal than the than the East Coast. And so on the West Coast, if you have too pretty a voice, you can't dirty it up, you know what I mean, right. right? So it's hard to get the really big commercial stuff if you have like a perfect voice, it just doesn't. You need to know how to make it less perfect. <laughs> they're, they're looking for a specific sound. And, and they're looking that's for another... real. They're looking for real, right? But the, the difference is that they don't want someone off the street because someone off the street wouldn't have the faintest idea how to do this. <laughs> Right. right. It, they want someone like with big, training. It's a, it's <laughs> but, a big catch-22. Exactly. They want, they want the genuine voice, but they yeah. want someone faking it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but but faking <laughs> it so you don't notice. Right. You <laughs> That's be that what really acting good. is, right? <laughs> well, it is. And, and then and as you as you use that term more, um, voice actor mm -hmm. instead of voiceover artist, like the actor really really keys into that it is it is acting and yeah. and the the light bulb went off when you said believing it for mm -hmm. me um yeah. and that was the difference one of the differences i know i didn't believe what i was reading it was nonsense it was gibberish what i was reading you um, can totally get there with a with a good coach i mean the thing about this is if if anyone is really serious about this and i am not here to tell anyone to not pursue their passions go for it right but if you do decide that voice acting is where you want to go, I would say the first thing you need to do is get a coach okay. because that coach will then give you the tools that you need to be effective. And once you're effective, then you get a demo, you get a website, you can hang your shingle, you can actually do the job <laughs> right. and then you can make some money, <laughs> but it takes time. <laughs> is there something to be looking for in a coach? Um, I mean, I assume that there is a lot of fraudulent, um, not be. necessarily fraudulent, but um, not Selling the dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what what should somebody that is truly interested and believes like even especially for someone that maybe has a child that might be into this or a, mm -hmm. or a teen that, that's looking for a career path, what to look for in a coach? I would be careful about anyone that says that they can teach you this in a weekend. <laughs> so anyone who says, oh, I have this workshop going on for a weekend and we'll get you a demo at the end of that and then you can just go and hang your shingle and go for it. No, no, <laughs> run very fast. There are workshops that are weekends long and that is fine. There's nothing wrong with a weekend workshop. What there is wrong with, <laughs> what's wrong with that afterwards is making a demo before you're ready because a demo is expensive. Like I will tell you right now, if I was to go make a demo, they're anywhere between two and $3,000. It is not inexpensive. So, and that's a calling card, you need a demo. So it, it's kind of like having a business card, but a lot more expensive. <laughs> right. And that's what's featured on your website. <laughs> okay. So, okay. yeah. So I would say that coaching, Whoever you're coaching with, there are many different things that you can learn from different coaches. And it depends on who lands with you and who doesn't. Okay. For instance, there are coaches that I think are outstanding, but they don't work for me because I don't have a film or cinema background, like a film or theater background, right? I don't come from the acting um, methods. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. for me, that doesn't make sense. I don't have the background. I don't have the tools to work with that coach and have him or her be effective for okay. me. But if I'm working with a casting director or I'm working with someone who's a writer or I'm working with someone who like understands the advertising end of things really well and why we listen to things the way that we do and what lands when it does, then if that really that connects with me so 
But that's just the type of person I am. There might be someone out there who's thinking about this who has a theater background. And in that case, the, the coach that I'm talking about in the beginning might be their perfect coach. So is it is it just a kind of a Google search for voice actor coach? Is this is this going to be an in person? Um, should you be doing this in person or is this something that can be done remotely? It can totally be done remotely. And okay. in fact, these days, I kind of suggest that. And yeah. the reason I suggest it is because it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to go into someone else's home or their office or whatever without knowing what you're going to get. So once you've had a couple of coaching sessions, if they happen to be local or you happen to be in the area, then why not? But I would say start off doing it remotely. You know, the way we're doing this right now would work oh. just fine. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I didn't know if there was, um, you know, like a vocal core, like a singing coach almost seems and you're you're in that industry isn't that isn't that mostly um more effective in person singing or, can be i'm not a coach of any kind well no i didn't mean that you were a coach me, but, but in the singing in the singing arena yeah yeah um it, it definitely can be and i think one of the drawbacks of doing that remotely is that it's sometimes hard to if you need to have precise timing for anything it can be really tough to get that working but like I know coaches who do this over the phone, like there's right. there's still methods that that are working <laughs> that people can use. And one of the best places to find really good coaches is a website called Voice Over Extra, X-T-R-A dot com. So voiceoverextra.com has a whole bunch of columns and articles and they do workshops on a regular basis and you can just monitor workshops so you can like purchase a video of a workshop that already took place for like 50 oh, okay. bucks or something and you can see how that went down and what happens and whether or not that genre is of interest to you there's a ton of different genres in voiceover so really like you can you can do any of them and you can do a few of them i have myself settled on doing projects that are five minutes of finished audio or less so for me i like doing the quick you know, you know, the, the, the quick ones, because then there's no fires. There's nothing to put out because I have time to take care of anything that people ask me to do because this project that I just completed didn't take me a week. <laughs> right. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> and for me, it's interesting. I just like going from project to project to project because then I'm doing a whole bunch of different things in my day. I'm never doing the same thing over and over and over again, which, you know, for like, for someone who gets easily bored. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So sitting down and reading War and Peace, doing an audio version that of would War not and be Peace. Me. <laughs> no, I don't even do e-learning anymore. I used to when I was starting. That's actually one of the easier industries, genres to get into when it comes to voice acting. And it pays pretty well. So as far as that's concerned, when you're just starting out, I would look at corporate narration and I would look at e-learning really seriously. Yeah, I, I always wondered. So I've been in blue collar for quite a while and mm -hmm. all the training videos, all the safety videos. And I would yeah. listen to that and go. I, I could do this. Like I could do this. Um, I guess I, I have to assume that a lot of it is probably shifting to AI. Some uh, of it is, yeah. With that deadpan um, safety videos that you get once a month. Um, yeah, yeah. If they're once a month, yeah. Like if they're frequently re-recorded, then yeah, I could see that going to AI. But when it comes right down to learning, people aren't going to learn from an AI because it just doesn't sound it doesn't sound like they care, right? you know? I well, mean, they don't. <laughs> they don't. I mean, of course they don't, right? But I think nowadays e-learning is becoming more of a, the human element is becoming more and more important in order to anchor people into the learning because otherwise they're not paying attention. So okay. it becomes less of a, let's just say this sentence and, you know, you can do it whatever with it that you want to and more of it is a little more animated or it's a little more speaking directly to you as opposed to just you know reciting things that you're reading on a page 
which uh, uh, any voice actor worth their salt can do in a heartbeat, even cold reading. But, you know, connecting with it and making it sound interesting to your audience is something else. And that is what you get coaching for. Right, right. That feedback from what the listener is hearing, it's, uh, yeah. Um, it's always a conversation. It needs to be a conversation, right? So I'm answering a question that you asked. That's the okay. point of e-learning. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so with audio, so one of the things I love about podcasting and audio is it's you can do it while you're doing other things. It's, oh, yeah. it's in your ear. You can be gardening or walking or driving. Um, with that, there's been an explosion of audiobooks. Um, is that a pretty is that a pretty wide open thing? Is that kind of book through with the translation of physical books, older, not necessarily new releases, but getting older things read onto audio? I think that there are a lot of different ways that you can get into that. Again, coaching is definitely required, even if you're reading nonfiction. So, uh, cause it's a slog <laughs> and you don't want to sound completely different from the way you started the way you end. Right. right. So, so you, you have to make sure that you know what you're doing at least, you know, enough that you can get through it without sounding like two different people by the time you're done. <laughs> or, um, or can sounding consistently as two yes. different people because yeah. you're also doing character back and forth some at some points. It depends. Yeah. There is a lot of coaching that goes into that kind of, uh, reading and and performing and it is a performance because you know audiobooks that are fiction really do require you to understand the characters that you're speaking for so it can be a really big learning experience and and a, a long learning curve so definitely it's something to get coaching in and there are a bunch of audiobook courses and workshops that have already taken place and all sorts of things that you can find on voiceoverextra.com that would probably help anyone interested in that genre to figure it out. Sure, sure. I have the I have that I've been noting that down um and I'll have the the websites in the video description, the audio description. Uh, I encourage everybody to go check them out. That's uh, I'll probably be poking around on there just for I think I think it's valuable skills that you can acquire, whether you're doing voice acting for a living or just podcasting, content creating, things like totally. that. Mm -hmm. um, you want to share some tips for for content creators or podcasters? I have a bunch in my audience uh, <laughs> that would probably love to hear some audio tips. Sure. Well, I do have a download on my website um, off of the audiobrandingpodcast.com page. So, um, <clears throat> pardon me. So this is a download called Sounding Your Best as a Podcast Guest. And it does apply also for content creators, because if you're not thinking about how you can be a good guest, then, you know, the alternative is probably true as well. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I, I like to talk about is the mic, first of all, and, and the first thing is to actually have a separate mic. So having a mic that is not your computer mic is, is the first thing. And the second thing is the difference between a condenser or a dynamic mic. Okay. And a dynamic mic works in a less treated and um, less pristine kind of environment. So that is kind of the one that a lot of people tend to go for when they're starting podcasting, because it can be hard to make sure that your environment is sound treated enough that it sounds good when you're on a mic that will pick up everything. <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people who picked up, let's say the Blue Yeti, they picked mm -hmm. that up, the first thing that they picked up, that can be problematic because if you do not have a good environment, it picks up everything. Also, okay. you need to be aware that you need a pattern on the microphone. So an omni microphone pattern will pick up everything around it. And you don't want that. You want what's called a cardioid. So cardioid is is a pretty centralized location around where the um, logo on the mic is located. 
mostly it'll tell you in the instructions when you get the mic where the front of the mic is. So knowing that is really important too. Because <laughs> you could be talking into the back of the mic and it sounds awful and you think this mic should be the best thing ever and it's not giving you the performance you wanted. It's because you're talking into the back of the mic. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at all the settings on my mic as you're saying yeah. this. I'm like checking them out. I'm like, yep, there it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so things to pay attention. If you're in a pristine environment and you feel like you could use a condenser mic, the condenser mic has a lot more nuance to it. So sure. you hear a lot more depth and interest, I guess, in the human voice. It's not as muddied but you do need a good environment for it uh, except for this mic <laughs> which is a gamer mic actually it's called a hyper x and okay. this mic i have it a little bit off access so that i don't pop my peas too often <laughs> so it's pointed at the corner of my mouth again okay. that'll work on just about any mic that you're that you're working you really should not be head on to your mic because you're going to pop a lot of peas and even T's can be popped and stuff like that. So, you know, a little bit off axis is a, a little bit, that'll, that'll help a lot. But this Perfect. is a USB mic. Like it's it just plugs into your computer and away you go. And for some reason, when you're, when you're close enough to it, it, you don't hear the room noise at all. You don't hear oh, any no. echo. It's just, yeah, it's because I... I'm close to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, so I have a, so I'm six foot five, like mm -hmm. 250 pounds. I got a huge chest cavity. And for my whole relationship with my wife, she thinks I've been yelling at her. Um, <laughs> but it's just, I have this huge, deep voice with these huge lungs. Yeah. Uh, and I struggle, like my mic is turned all the way down and I have it as far away from me as I can. I think turning it, uh, it could definitely help quite that a bit. Help. Yeah, so turn it so that it's headed at the corner of your mouth and then have it closer to you. And I think that you'll hear less of the room. I need to get um, I need to get the uh, uh, arm is my issue. So yes. I'm I'm just on a base here because yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause we're mobile and um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to mount an arm. And I think that would be an incredible help. But being able to offset it and speak forward yeah. Yeah, that'll help a lot. Yeah. See, I just have to bring on the experts about audio and I'm going to solve all my uh, all my deep voice problems. My wife's still going to think idea. I'm yelling at her, though. <laughs> That's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, just, just, like, and I get excited, too. Like, I, I, I do get loud. I understand that. But it's a it's a combination of the hearing and the big body and that whole thing. Yeah, I'm sure she gets it by now. So yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no, she just she's still yelling. She just stop yelling at me, and I <laughs> I start whispering. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, so okay, so we're we're looking for so to start out. You you recommended the dynamic. Is that mm -hmm. is that okay? I was I was following through there. Um, so the dynamic mic is going to help with the sound control in the room. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. the first thing that you need to do is have a good recording environment between your mic and your computer, really. The next thing you think about is the room and having a quiet space, definitely. Uh, so, you know, they're both pretty important. If you can find a space that's fairly quiet and that doesn't have a whole lot of ambient noise to it and that maybe like you put a curtain around you or you, you know, moving blankets off of a ceiling can work just fine. And just like you can push them around like a curtain rod or like, you know, Ikea has stuff that you can fasten to the ceiling and you can put grommets on your moving blankets and then just push it aside when you don't need it. And yeah. it works. It works like a charm. I did that for voiceover for a, a number of years. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're nice and thick and and just that deadening um, yeah. helps. It, it does. It sounds doesn't sound so tinny in the room. Yeah, you don't and you don't echo through your room. Like that's really what the, the biggest problem is for a lot of people. It's the echo that you hear when people are just speaking in the middle of their room. You can hear everything like you just need something to cut down that echo. So either have the mic really close to you and off axis or 
treat your environment and maybe you can get a condenser mic and and get that human voice nuance that would be really lovely to have in a podcast <laughs> do you do you recommend any particular audio recording software or any, like i use audacity a little mm -hmm. bit um a lot of my stuff i just do direct download uh, just because that's how i've always done it from Streamyard, and mm -hmm. i don't doctor a lot of things because I don't have the time basically sure. yeah. um but is audacity kind of like the gold it seems like the gold standard to me especially for free um free software i mean as far as i'm concerned whatever you're gonna use <laughs> is the one that you should be using <laughs> whatever whatever works <laughs> yeah uh, um i'm using adobe audition because it's part of my business right but um, but generally when I'm doing my own podcast, I don't edit it. I have someone else who's editing it, editing it for me, thankfully. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah. That was, yeah. I was telling you before, just started before work and it was basically, mm -hmm. I had zero internet too, was the problem. We were on like data restriction. And, um, so it, it turned out to just do one video and strip the audio and upload it. So I was only doing actually one small audio download and one small video upload or video or audio upload, excuse me. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how this non-editing podcast came about. And uh, I've just kind of rolled with it. And it, um, it let me get to a point where I moved into the camper and have these subpar conditions with the internet blipping. And it's just, it's just been kind of the non-polished act since the beginning. So yeah speaking of hacking <laughs> are you okay i i was yeah I, I had when you turned the camera off i was like oh <laughs> yeah no i got a tickle in my throat and just when that happens it's just awful oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness and, and i didn't want anyone to see me hacking so yeah <laughs> so yeah <clears throat> yeah you keep waiting for it to come back you're like oh it's it's gone yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. So, um, any other uh, any other quick tips, quick hitters for uh, people that are looking to maybe improve that game? They've um, they've they've got the mic dialed in. They they have the um, maybe more on the the speaking end. Um, are you are you uh, able to speak to that at all? Um, sorry, can you repeat that the last part there? What's up? The last question. What, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe something. Uh, in the speech in um in oh. how to speak um as, as opposed to the the audio equipment itself but just how to sound better in general sure um <laughs> and pardon me after my voice just had a little bit of a hiccup there um one of the things i would say is if you're nervous sigh so take a deep breath let it out that just gives you a little bit of relaxation time it calms your body down <clears throat> there's there's a lot to be said for just having enough air <laughs> so that is that is a really good tip and i actually got that from someone else who was on my my website or on my podcast a woman named cynthia jai out of um singapore actually oh, nice. and she is a speech coach she actually okay. talks to like ceos of companies and helps them sound like CEOs, you know, because a lot of them felt like they, or people who wanted a promotion at work and just couldn't get their points across because they had a really like, you know, weak sounding voice or, um, you know, a guy sounded too feminine or a woman sounded too masculine or, you know, like it's, it's hard to, I mean, these days that's not really a big deal, but, uh, but speaking well is still something that everyone can use that's, that's absolutely a, a nice skill absolutely i i hear all the time um meetings other people's meetings and i'm like wow um like you could go so much farther if you could just talk like yeah if you could, if you could talk to some people you would be way better at your job <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's <laughs> It's one of those things where like, I think a lot of us are much harder on ourselves than we need to be because what we sound like when we're recorded, for instance, as opposed to what other people might experience, it's a, there are different things, you know? So when we're speaking, 
Um, unless you're recording yourself, then you're getting the unadulterated, like, this is what you sound like, usually. Then you can get a good idea of, of what you come across as. So, like, for instance, when I, I was first, first doing... Yeah. Oh, no, no. Go I, ahead. Oh, for the, <laughs> like my first 200 episodes, I would... Uh, I would get done, I would upload it. And then I had like a half an hour drive to work and my show was about a half an hour. So I'd listen to myself back and I'm like, and then yeah. I slowly, slowly would get better because I would get <laughs> sick of hearing myself not sound good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's similar for me when I was doing my podcast, I would listen to the episodes and just sort of shake my head and go, how often am I saying, um, uh, okay, uh, you know, you know, is my word. That's, I say that a lot. <laughs> like, I mean, all of these yeah. things that we, we don't pay much attention to, but we should be. <laughs> well, and the, the, the weird part is, so I focused on the ums and the uhs and things like that. And then I, I listened to myself in everyday speech and a lot of it is actually in my in my speech patterns. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I this is what I sound like all the time, not even yeah. just when I'm listening back. And yeah. uh, so I just kind of uh, I, I work on it, but I don't punish myself over it because I know that's just so ingrained in me. Yeah, I, and it could be hard to change. But I think a lot of the reasons that we do that is because we need those filler words because we're afraid of silence. <laughs> so getting comfortable with silence is another thing that would really help people when they're speaking. Because if you're okay with taking that pause, as opposed to filling it with filler words, then you start to sound a little like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was so scared to death when I started podcasting live streaming i was so scared to death of dead air you hear I mean, like just in passing like in tv shows and and people talking and, and as you're growing up dead air you can't have dead air you can't have dead air and then i turn the podcast mic on and i'm like no, 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 no. Like, i can't stop i can't stop for a second and i've gotten way more comfortable to stop and take a thought that a listener isn't going to go, oh my God, turn it off. He, he took two seconds to think. <laughs> yeah. Well, public speaking, that's one of the things that they tell you too. be comfortable with silence because silence makes people lean in. They're waiting for you to continue. <laughs> right. So right. you don't have to be constantly talking. And if there's a little bit of a pause, it can work to your favor. So you're a singer also uh i mentioned that in the intro you want to talk about uh the singing and and kind of what you've put out and the type of singing you do and and uh what you're working on possibly now oh um i am not much of a singer at the moment to be honest um the last album that i put out was 2015 and that oh, yeah. was a collaboration between myself and a friend of mine in the uk a fellow named okay. Chris, Chris Conway is his name. Um, ChrisConway.org, I believe, is his URL. And he is a fantastic musician. Like, he plays every instrument known to man, including the theremin. <laughs> um, and he's he's mixed and mastered, and he does the, the cover art, and, like, he just does everything. And we decided that we wanted to do an album together because we were uh, emailing each other back and forth and writing songs together. So it took a long time. We've known each other since 1999, I think. And uh, maybe a little before that. But uh, he, it just took a long time for us to be able to do that collaboration technology-wise. And... Um, yeah, when we were able to do that, it was basically 2015. So we put out, put out an album there. He did all the backing tracks. It was amazing. And yes. just asked me for the vocals. And so I did the vocals. I did some harmonies. Um, we reinterpreted some of my, my songs. We did some of the songs that we'd written together. We did a couple of covers. And uh, I had a lot of fun with it. It was uh, mostly jazz blues and traditional. Nice. nice. So 
yeah, jazz is jazz and blues are kind of mostly what I end up doing because I have a lower alto voice. <laughs> so uh, so that's mostly the type of singing that I do. And nowadays, the only singing that I'm doing on a regular basis is possibly some backup vocals for friends of mine. Or okay. I do uh, in Atlanta uh, at the beginning of January, I do a performance, a jazz like swing blues kind of performance with a nine piece band oh, at, nice. at a small, tiny little music convention in Atlanta. And we just, we rehearse pretty much, I don't know, two weeks before we are on stage. We've been doing this for the last, I think last year was 18 years. So, yeah, we just get together two weeks before the planned performance. We rehearse our brains out and then we perform on the Saturday night and then we're done for next year. <laughs> I mean, that sounds fantastic, <laughs> especially if it's something you enjoy doing that you can do inf infrequently, but and really mm -hmm. enjoy it and put the time into it when you do it. I do um, love it. Yeah, that yeah. that's good. It, and it. I mean, it naturally kind of ties in with your profession now, um, being with the voice, um, being the voice actor and then transitioning into that, um, that singing, it's all kind of in that same realm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does work together. That's kind of why I decided to use my voice for a living. So <laughs> right. why not, right? right? <laughs> did you, did you have the training in the singing at all ever, or is that something that you've just kind of picked up naturally? Uh, that was kind of a natural thing. I did take some lessons when I was in my early teens, I guess, but it didn't last very long, <laughs> mostly because I am not an opera singer and I never wanted to be an opera singer. And yet the woman who was teaching me, that was the type of thing that she was coaching me in. And I was not impressed. So... It kind yeah. of circles back to uh, the voice coaches. Like you have to be aligned with the right coach um, exactly, to make yeah. it worth it. Yeah, yeah. So I did that for a little bit. It, I mean, she was trying to teach me how to breathe, which, I mean, that's a good thing. No, no, no. Knowing how to breathe is a good thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, for but, sure. For yeah, sure. but but it was not... Um, I think I get frustrated a little bit when I don't know something immediately. That's kind of my issue. And and I found it really frustrating to have to start with such a basic thing. <laughs> and yet, if I really wanted to be good at that thing, I really needed the basics. That was kind of, that's my failing in that I expect to be good at something the minute I start doing it. <laughs> It's not, I don't think that's an uncommon, uh, uncommon flaw. And all. I think, I think a lot of people can get caught in that trap, especially in like we were talking about earlier, going into the voice actor space mm -hmm. and not realizing that it is something you actually, it, you have to learn it. You have to dive into it. it. There is a learning curve to it. It's not just, Hey, turn on the mic and make some money. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, I mean, it does take some time. And I think, what kept me moving forward in voiceovers, even though I wasn't making much money for about two and a half years, was the idea that, like I said, I didn't know what I didn't know. So you think you're good until you find out you're not, <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, I just kept on moving forward until my clients were telling me I was good. <laughs> And right. then you're you're getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When when uh, when they call you up and say, "Hey, that is way beyond expectations," and you were like, "Ah, oh, that was okay." <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get used to this. You get used to being able to do what you do quickly, and to get the client what they need quickly because this industry moves really fast, especially now, and and so when I can deliver what my client needs the first time without them needing to ask me to redo it or change my tone or something like that, um, you know, I feel like I've done my job. And if I can get it to them in an hour, you know, so much the better, right? Do you book everything through your own site? Is that is that kind of the way to go uh, once you have been established? There are many, many different ways to do this. 
Uh, direct marketing is definitely one of them, and and having a good website that people can find is another. Because once when someone comes to your website and then they email you, they've already sold themselves on you. You know, like they've already decided they're going to go with you, or you're auditioning with like two or three other people. It's not a right. huge amount of competition, right? So yeah, people coming to your website is gold, but you can reach out directly through email. If there's someone you really want to work with or a company that you really want to work with, you need to find the creative directors. At the same time, they're getting a lot of emails these days. So you may or may not want to go that route. Some people actually pick up the phone and talk to people. Uh, some people use Zoom when someone reaches out to ask them about something and just say, just say, can we hop on a Zoom and get to know each other and I can answer all your questions. And that's a really good way to do it too sometimes. But work comes from a whole bunch of different places. And it can come from agents, which you really won't be getting until you are a viable money-making person. <laughs> They're because not going to waste agents, their time with you. Yeah. These days, agents do not have time to train you. That is not what they are there for. They're there to make money from you and promote you. <laughs> so, uh, and they make a very small amount from you. It's anywhere from 10 to say 25%. It depends on who okay. the agent is, right? What they're asking you to do. So they're making a small percentage of what you're making and they want you to be able to make that. <laughs> so yeah, if you're not making a decent amount before you approach them, then you're probably not worth their time, unfortunately. But, you know, there's also what they call pay to plays. So uh, it's a directory that you pay to be a member of, and then they send you auditions every once in a while and you audition and you may get shortlisted. You may not. You pay anywhere from like 400 to, I don't know, you could pay 5,000 a year if you want to be top notch, like first to see everything. It just right. depends, right? Depends on the directory and it depends on how many auditions you're going to do in a day or, you know, a lot of people start on the pay to plays. And that's how I started back in 2007, because it was really hard to get a job if you didn't have any connections or you didn't know what you were doing, you know. But the problem with the pay to plays is that they'll take anyone with a credit card. Right. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, you're you're probably if you're halfway decent competing with a lot less people than you think. However, if you're not good, you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. Right. So, you know, you're going to be very easy for them to just pass by. So knowing what you should know before you start wasting your money on a yearly membership is probably a good thing. I would say coaching is definitely top of the list of to do things. <laughs> Right. Um, so networking sounds like it might be a, not a bad idea if you not know people in like personal contacts instead of getting lost in the sea of lost in the sea of the pay to play, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're mediocre and kind of like blend in with everybody and don't stand out. Mm -hmm. um, but that networking effect, too, is uh, is always valuable. So, yeah, when I first did this in 2007, I found a message board because Facebook wasn't even a thing yet. <laughs> so, you know, most of social media wasn't even a thing. I think uh, MySpace was still up or <laughs> I don't, I can't even remember. Uh, but yeah, so there was really not a whole lot of places to go. And I remember I went to this particular message board because it was run by another voice talent. And I just okay. found it through a Google search. So... I went on there, I, I asked advice from people. Nowadays, you can go to Facebook. There are a whole bunch of Facebook groups that are all into helping newbies. If you're actually serious, <laughs> you know, like they're, they're not gonna help you if you are just on there, um, you know, wasting their time. Right. You know, you need to have actually thought about things. <laughs> Um, but, you know, a lot of people go there and they get some really good information and it can be hard to get the information that you want sometimes, because when you ask on Facebook, you get everybody. Yeah. Right. So the, the whole, like the hive mind becomes invested in your future <laughs> and yeah. that can be intimidating. And a lot of the, uh, people who have been in it for a while 
may tell it to you like it is, and you may not want to hear it. <laughs> so have a thick skin because they're, they're not going to get personal. You know, I'm not saying right. that's why you need a thick skin, but, but you're going to get rejected a lot more than you're going to get accepted. So, you know, acting, that's what acting is, right? You get rejected a lot. It's, yeah. it's less rejected and more, they chose someone else. Got it. It's all how you look at it. Yeah. It's all how you look at it. Yeah. I, I get the Facebook thing. Um, I mean, like we converted our RV, like we can go boondock for a couple of weeks. And mm -hmm. so I did all that. So I was in a bunch of Facebook groups talking to people about that. And once I became experienced and then seeing the people asking the questions, I got really frustrated with the people that asked the questions that I looked up. Um, the simple stuff, the, the stuff that's easily attainable and they get lazy and just ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's kind of commonplace these days. People are expecting to be, you know, hand fed every little yep. bit of information. So yeah, the more that you can find out yourself and, and ask if that's correct, or, you know, the more that you can have a specific question instead of a like a really broad general, I, I've been told I have a nice voice. How do I get into voiceover? My mom says um, I'm a great singer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things like that. Like, yeah, yeah very few in the pro Facebook groups, like the ones with the with the professional people who've been doing it a while. But, you know, in the in the intro level, you're going to find that a lot. And unfortunately, I think that a lot of Facebook has gotten really annoyed <laughs> with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've gotten annoyed with Facebook just in general. And I basically post there on my business page and I, I go over to my personal stuff every once in a while. And I'm just like, because my business page, I didn't like anything. I haven't, they don't, they don't have an algorithm on me that they can feed me stuff to either piss me off or whatever. So when I actually look at something, it just, it automatically shows me more. I'm on this like big kick of these like 80, 80s, 70s, 60s, 70s and 80s bands that are like touring now. And it's like yeah. tour pictures. And I'm like, this is fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the business page. I just never li yeah. liked anything and they didn't know how to pin me. So, but anyway, we're coming up here on an hour. Uh, if you would like to uh, let people know how to find out more about you, uh, more about uh, the, the um, document that you talked about earlier. And then I usually like to let people just kind of leave with any parting thoughts and uh, then we'll wrap up. Uh, sure. Um, so my website is voiceoversandvocals.com if anyone needs voiceovers for a corporate narration or for a company anything or for commercial or something like that happy to help i also do intros and outros for podcasts and i've been doing that a lot so i have a specific demo for that if people are interested and uh, i am at podfest in orlando come January. So if anyone's going to be there, say hello. <laughs> um, and as far as the podcast is concerned, that's at audiobrandingpodcast.com. And on that page, you will find a few PDF downloads. One of them is that PDF that I have that's sounding your best as a podcast guest. I also talk about audio branding. So coming up with a strategic audio brand for your company is another one of the the PDFs that I have for download there. And I have a newsletter that talks about the power of sound and talks about my podcast. And I have clubhouses, actually. I don't know if you've been on Clubhouse at all, but I have a clubhouse that's weekly, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Okay. And people can go there to talk about home studios. Uh, they can talk about podcasting. They can talk about music. They can talk about audio branding and the advertising end of things. I've even had discussions about sound and healthcare and really interesting conversations about sound of any kind because it influences everything that we do, not just advertising. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, Jody, I uh, I appreciate you coming on. I definitely encourage people to check out your stuff. Find uh, find those links. I'll have them all in the notes. Like I said, um, if you want to hang out for a second, I'm going to wrap up and uh, and we will uh, and we'll get get on our way today. I appreciate you coming sure. on and uh, and sharing all this awesome information. 
Thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you in a second. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jody, for coming on. What a great uh, conversation about voice voice acting and uh, then some audio tips for being a better um better with your content creation, your podcasting, and then just that general discussion about audio and sound in general. I appreciate your coming on. Check the, check the links in the video description and the audio description. It will all be down there uh, if you want to check out those documents she referred to. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find it at thelotsproject.com or on Noster, Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great evening, guys, and we will talk to you in the morning.